Shelton. It's Dainer and Jay. This episode of Hear That Podcast Growlin is sponsored by Visa, network working for everyone. Paul, your junior, Jay Morrison of The Athletic, here with you for the walkout on a day where the Bengals get beat up and blown out of their own building 41 to 16 by the Cleveland Browns. The Browns return the favor that the Bengals gave to the Ravens and everything's a mess. It's all, it's all gone the wrong way, Jay. You know, it, t- from the, the, the penthouse to the outhouse in two weeks, it happens that fast. It's a, it's, it's a, we, we talked about it when they went to five and two, whereas thing, it's always amazing how quickly things change. I can't say I saw this change coming after we left M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. I didn't see this coming when we got here today. I, someone asked me, you know, if I thought it, it could be a blowout, and I said I'd be stunned if it was a blowout one way or the other, and yet here we are after a blowout, the, the third largest margin of victory of the Browns over the Bengals in, in 96 games. It just, everything that could have gone wrong pretty much did and the good news for Bengals and their fans is the Bengals know what they got to do to fix it they just got to get better that's all there is right yeah all right end of show right everyone thanks for coming (laughs) just got to get better right uh there there's like there's a few interesting things to discuss not just about this game about when you kind of look at things going forward now as you reset at them at five and four coming off these two bad losses you know, the meltdown in New York and now getting your butts kicked at home in front of 65,000, you know, against the Browns. And it's who is this team at this point? You know, were they figured out? Were people taking them lightly early on? Did we start to see some of the luck uh, of people not knowing how good Jamar Chase was, people not knowing how this team was constituted? Is this who they are? Uh, was this just some days it goes sideways? I mean, I, I we're going to spend two weeks doing that mm. because every, you've got a bunch of time uh, between now and the trip to Vegas to figure things out. There's a lot of mirrors to be looked in. Uh, and But I, I think some of the stuff said post-game was interesting. I'll, I'll, I will get to that. Yeah, I, I want to start with this. How about a run, pass, or boot to start? Okay. All right. Blame game. Mm-hmm. Defense, Burrow, receivers. That's tough. I mean, when you lose by 25, it's re- it's everybody. Um, but if you're, you're picking most blame today, that was really tough. Um, I think I'd have to lean Burrow as my run. I mean, you just can't make that throw. The 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 first one that ended up being a pick six. It's kind of like the kind of but different of the the interception in New York, where it's like you, you're saying, "How can you throw that ball?" And that's just you spin and it's there, and you got to you got to trigger this one. He had time to see it, um, and I don't necessarily think it was a bad decision. It was just a bad throw. He left it too far inside. Chase wasn't. Maybe it was a bad decision because Chase wasn't that open. But the the receivers had a lot of drops today, and it felt like 
most of I, I mean, I'm, I, I could be wrong on this, but it felt like most of them came later in the game when they started pressing and you had to have them, but it could have changed. The deep ball to Jamar could have changed things. The touchdown obviously can change things. The T. Higgins one could have changed things. And I'm, I'm going to boot the defense, but not absolve them. I mean, I just I, – I feel like this one was far more on the offense, and they, they didn't tackle well, but – a lot of teams don't tackle well against Nick Chubb in the Browns running game. So again, not absolving them, but I'm, I'm going to boot the defense. Yeah. Everybody was bad. And perhaps, you know, perhaps it should have been a defense passing game coaching to throw in the all together. Mm. Right. I mean, if we're going to throw in all this is under your purview here. Yeah. Um, everybody wasn't good. Uh, but the thing is, as you're, you're I think you're right. As ugly as the moments were for the defense, and they're a problem right now. And I don't know that we saw that coming, uh, considering what they had been. It, it didn't seem like all of a sudden you would see these major issues that they're having. Maybe teams have figured them out a little bit. You can only put them in terrible spots so many times. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's the turnovers, this is how games go sideways in the NFL, is when you do dumb turnovers. And you think about it, you look at the possession chart, you're talking about the game starts with a pick six, the ultimate bad field position, but you start it with the pick six. Your, your first seven possessions, if you even go a little further, you start with an interception, you come back and get the touchdown, then a turnover on downs, which is basically a turnover. You give them the ball right there at the 40 and with a weirdo play call where you're throwing the ball down the field and not enough underneath stuff. Then you have the fumble uh, by Jamar Chase. You get the field goal before halftime, you punt, and then you have the interception. And it's 31 to 10. Yeah. I mean, four of your first seven possessions essentially end in a turnover. Meanwhile, Cleveland's taken over with the ball in the end zone, for one. They're taking over at the Bang- at their own 40, at the Bengals 30, the Bengals 8. It's over. This is the NFL. Like, you know, teams don't win games when that is the way, the template. When that's how it's set up, when that's what you have to overcome. Teams don't win games. And you throw in all, then you throw in two explosives on top of it yeah. with the long run by Chubb. And that's how you end up at 41 to 16. I, I don't see every game going this. I, I don't, I think there's something that was said correctly is that everyone's going to overreact. We're not going to overreact. I do think there's an overreaction to this. But I also don't expect them to turn the ball over this much going forward. There's a lot of problems to talk through. But I do think there is a circumstantial nature to how much they got embarrassed today. Yeah, and I mean, I thought it was impressive. The the pick six, they come right back and drive right back down to get the touchdown, and you're back to square. I mean, it should have it should have been fourteen nothing Bengals or fourteen seven Bengals, depending on what the Browns would have done when they eventually got possession after a kickoff. But I, I thought that was huge. But the the other ones you're right it's just you can't overcome it when they start mounting like that it's one thing to to have a bad mistake and then you you come back and you you overcome it with a, a strong drive but the the way it just kept snowballing and really like it's an anything can happen league and so last week is one of those yeah those kind of things happened today was far worse it was it was a far bigger surprise. I think it, it said more about this team because it's a division game. It's at home. It's not. It's not starting flat. It's 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 not none of those things that the 
the Jets game was. This this was right there for him and to come out and get not only lose but get blown out like this. Um, it is. It's it's something that they're gonna <clears throat> really have to address, and it's not the way you want to go into a bye limping in two game losing streak, lose to a one win team, lose to a division rival by twenty five. It, it it's something they've got to get it figured out, and you can't you can't let the season snowball the way they let this game snowball. I mean, because at the end of the day, you come out of this thing, you're five and four. You you are still in the mix. You, you you're it's a disappointing five and four at the bye. You know when you consider where you were at and where you were at at thirty one to twenty in New York in the fourth quarter. This this makes the Jets game sting. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Is that that's why you got to put the damn Jets away when you're up in the fourth quarter by eleven because it's hard to win against a team like the Browns and it's going to be hard to win the rest of the way. You know, it, it, that's how it, that's how it snowballs when you don't win the games that you have in hand against teams that you know you should be putting away. You end up with it because it, this is you can have things like this. I wrote a little bit about Burrow and the interceptions this week, and how it's so every interception has a story, as everyone has said. They're not they hadn't put a lot of them on Burrow, but the number was nine, and he had thrown a lot. And then today, though, these are on you know these, in a lot of ways these are on him. And they're they're absolute killers. The other side of it was, though, Jamar Chase had an awful day. Yes. And T. Higgins had moments, but he had two particularly bad moments. The one in the end zone before halftime takes four points off and changes the dynamic of how you feel coming out at half. Chase, it's hard to count up how many mistakes he had because you had a drop in an end zone. You had a fumble. You had a, the deep ball drop as they're trying to come back late, which was an absolute dime and exactly yeah. what they needed down 34 to 16. If you're trying to come back and get back into it, about 10 minutes left. I'm not saying they would have come back, but again, it hits him right in his hands. Uh, he is the one trying to get open on the 99-yard the pick six. It is a ball coming in his direction on the other pick. I wrote it down a couple of times in the game particularly as I watched Tyler Boyd's stat sheet not move. Yeah. Are they forcing it into Chase too much? Is Burrow relying too heavily on Jamar Chase? And that's a weird thing to say, considering how much we've rightfully lauded him for his first half of the season. But I can't get behind any game plan that ends up with 13 targets for Jamar Chase, eight for T. Higgins, three for Drew Sample, for God's sakes. Three for Samaj P. Ryan. And two for Tyler Boyd and really nothing until you got to the fourth quarter with yeah. the one little catch on underneath. Basically a total non-factor. There's no way you should be in a situation where Tyler Boyd is a non-factor in your offense and you're trying to squeeze the ball in and getting turnovers uh, going the other direction. That That's not saying it's not a good like throw to your best receiver. Obviously, that's fine. And weird things happen. I totally understand some weeks the matchups dictate this, some weeks that. Tyler Boyd needs to be more involved. You can't get into a way where you're forcing the Burrow to chase connection. Teams are too good for that. And Denzel Ward was too good for that today. Mm-hmm. And that's one, if that's one area that Brown's defense, they, they're not great in the slot. It was Troy Hill that was in the slot. How, I mean, how are you not throwing the ball more to Tyler Boyd? And you ask the question, are they forcing it to Jamar Chase too much? Well, they handed him the ball twice today. Mm-hmm. They've only done it once all year. That was last week. They do it twice today. And the one, again, that was in Jamar Chase 
mistake where he just kind of stretched. He was waiting for some huge hole to open, and he just stretched it out, and it turned into a nothing play. If he just turns that up right away, he gets three or four. They get a little closer to the end zone. Um, it was. It's it. It's surprising, and and you know, obviously, every play has reads and options. So you don't you don't know is that Joe Burrow just not even looking for Tyler Boyd? Is Tyler Boyd the third or fourth option? And the Browns' pass rush is getting there so so fast that that Burrow doesn't even have time to get there. But you need plays where Tyler Boyd is the primary target, and especially on third downs where he's so so good and. I think he had, what, one target in the first quarter, and then the next one didn't come until the fourth quarter. The target in the first quarter was the weirdo throw it yeah. downfield on fourth and three. Yeah. And, and, and so, look, they, they had a big problem with drops today. You know who hadn't dropped a ball all year? TV. 83. And and that's if, if that's your plan, if that and, and I don't. It, it's hard to know how much was plan, how much was just – Burrow kind of leaning on his guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it, you're, you need to be an offensive distri- distribution, and they weren't today. They were an offensive looking for number one a lot, and 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 Higgins too. You know, in again those big moments, and it's fitting. There's a fourth and fifteen heave, but another jump ball that goes right off of his hands at the end, and it's like this is part of the problem. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. The thing is, the other thing is, you you know, and, and the common thought after this is, okay, this is who we thought they were. Okay, they had their first opening thing here and, and kind of gave a little false hope. This is who they thought they were. Uh, a defense that's really not that great. An offense that, that should be explosive, but, you know, a team that plays sloppy. I think what we saw today was maybe what we thought we were going to see in the first couple weeks of the season more, in the first mm-hmm. three, four weeks of the season, a team that – had to figure things out on defense. We didn't, Jamar Chase was going to be inconsistent, you know, all that. I, this, to me, that's what I thought it would look like. And the fact that it didn't for seven weeks really, you know, and now all of a sudden you have a day like this, maybe it's just a bad day, but you do worry that they go into a challenging second half of the season and this is who they are. We, we just don't know. Yeah. I mean, it would be one thing, if if all those wins came against bad teams, but that 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 one win against Baltimore, I, I think kind of makes you not say this is who we thought they were because that there was nothing there was nothing fluky about that. They showed they belong on the big stage. I almost kind of equate it to you know they talk about rookies hitting the rookie wall, and maybe that's some of what's going on with Jamar Chase. Even though not he's played fourteen game season, we're only nine in, but maybe it's. It's reading the clippings and it's getting into the long part of the season, that kind of thing. But maybe as a whole, as a team, it's the a rookie team in the sense of a team that hasn't been in this position as the hunted, as they win. And maybe there's a little bit of that going on. They hit this part of the season where they're, they're not used to dealing with prosperity and it's it's something they've got to get figured out. So in that regard, maybe the bye week does come at the best time you it could have gone the other way if they are six and two or at this point or six and three. I mean, um, you go into the by feeling so good about yourself and you come out and get whacked. Maybe now they come back with a, a real purpose and a real intensity. And it, you're right. It doesn't get any easier, but there, there are, I don't think there's anybody on that schedule. You say they, they can't compete with. And 
even if they go 500 in the second half of the season, they're right there in the mix. There, there's a shot at playoffs. So it's, it, it doesn't, it feels like they're far away today because this game was so bad. But in reality, I don't think they are that far away from getting back to where they were at five and two. Before the season, I predicted them to finish eight and nine and be four and five at the bye. And I, I feel like I don't think that that is necessarily that far off where you're saying nine and eight, ten and seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and that will be right there in the mix to, yeah. to, make, to make the postseason. And, and wasn't that what we were expecting before this year started? Wasn't that – I understand expectation change, and we did it. Time to reset the expectations yes. for the season. They had reset themselves. Well, now – that's the, that's the disappointing part is now they, you know, they're, they're kicking those expectations in the gut a little bit. Um, you know, the reset that they set themselves up for. They're healthy. You're in good position. And it's just a really tough couple of weeks. Teams go through a tough couple of weeks. I will say that. And, you know, Zach Taylor kind of talked, was very definitive after the game. Yeah. We are going to be contenders in December and January. Teams that win lots of games and win in the playoffs lose back-to-back games during the season. It happens to everybody. It happened to us right now. Was it just that today your your quarterback, your guy, your franchise guy had a bad day and your defense was forced in some tough spots and played poor in some big spots? Is that maybe what it was? Maybe. Here's the thing, you know, the, the other side. is now okay. We spent all year hearing about this culture and everybody loves each other. And we all go out to eat together. And when we love Jeff Ruby and all this <laughs> stuff. Okay. But there is a inherent unspoken thing. in that is that you, that is what gets you through the tough times. That is the idea is that because when it does go sideways, things will be right. And it, to a person, everybody that came up was talking about and giving specific examples of personal accountability no finger pointing. You want to know why they believe they're going to be fine from this? It, every answer was the same. It was, we just believe in the way people are are in the locker room, who we have in the locker room, the, the accountability that everybody's taken, and the fact that there's not finger pointing. I mean, Sam Hubbard said, I've been in lots of, team, lots of different teams, lots of locker rooms. You know. You know and you get the feel when the finger pointing started. He didn't have to say it. We all knew it. The last two teams I've been on were full of finger pointing. Mm-hmm. And three, go back to 18. And, I mean, lots of finger pointing that was happening there. Last year it was finger pointing on Twitter, sell my house, mm-hmm. right? And there's that, that the, the locker room faction. They believe and have sold that a big reason they were successful was because of that fact of having the right setup, the right foundation in place. And now we have to believe that what they're believing in is that is what will get them through this rough patch and coming out on the other side. I don't know. It may all be fooey, but we're all probably going to learn together a little bit. I mean, CJ brought it up a couple of times. It's one thing to have the right kind of dudes, but to have talented guys on top of that. That's what he kept saying. The reason he believed that this isn't going to snowball, he said the two guys that came before me, Joe and Joe. You, you've got Joe Burrow. You've got Joe Mixon. You've got you've got real talent on this team. So if you if you can have that other kind of unpredictable, intangible element of cohesiveness and culture, and I guess you would call it thumb pointing. I've heard people say that before. You don't point the finger. You point the thumb at yourself. Um, if, if they if they've got that, then that's enough reason to believe that, that they can get this turned around, and it's not going to turn into to something ugly. It's not going to be a repeat of 2018 where it just fell apart and they couldn't stem the tide. 
CJ gave the specific example of I'm, I'm talking to Jamar Chase on the sideline and he even said I was talking to him in the shower and, you know, we're sitting there and we're talking about it. He's just only blaming himself and talking about all the things that he did wrong, what he could have done, and there's no anybody else involved. And he's like, and that's that's everywhere. That's everyone. The personal conversations I have, what you hear in the locker room, the general feel, there's not that stuff. Now, we're not in the locker room. Same thing I said last year when there was, oh, there's the, is it toxic? Well, it's, nobody can know that for sure. This is one of those games that to talk about culture and locker room is cute, but we have no idea because we're not in there. And so you don't know. That could just be guys on the podium saying the right thing. Um, and I think that's just it. You'll learn because you can't, you can't fake it. And, you know, it's, it's just, it just doesn't get easier. It just doesn't get easier. And so we'll, we'll see how they come out of the bye. Uh, but for now, they're a team that is five and four and back in the basement of the AFC North after being at the top of it. <laughs> Two weeks ago, number one seed in the AFC, top of the AFC North, crowned today, basement. <laughs> it happens. Life comes at you fast. And life does come at you fast. Uh, we will continue to come at you as well, of course, um, with uh, we'll have our podcast on Tuesday. Uh, we'll, we'll see what pops off here through um, the bye week. But, of course, lots of, lots of stuff coming your way as we lead over the next couple of weeks towards the game in Vegas that I know Jay's excited for. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> which will be uh, which which will be great. Shout out shout out to our guy Paul Malloy uh, in London, yeah. who is who is absolutely awesome and has been uh, a follower since way back in the day, and uh, is is going to do Jay a solid and give him a little special tour of uh, of really all of that side of the country. It appears so. Shout out to Paul Malloy. Helicopter tour of the Grand Canyon. We, we, not to turn this into Survivor talk, but every time my wife and I watch Survivor <laughs> and you see these helicopter tours, they get our rewards. It's just, it looks so amazing. And they all talk about how life-changing it is. And I've, ne- I've been to the Grand Canyon, but I've never been in a helicopter. I'm really looking forward to that. Really, the message here is that, look, you all can hang out with us if you'd like. Just uh, give us, like, really nice things like helicopter tours of the Grand Canyon. We'd be happy to come along. I will be happy to go to the Golden Knights Blue Jackets game the night before Raiders Bengals. If any of you have an extra ticket, we really appreciate all. In fact, anybody would do this is beyond my capacity for rational yes. thought. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. I hope you guys enjoy uh, the podcast, even on days like this uh, where maybe you're you're not so happy about uh, the result on the field. But look, as we say when we made the podcast in the very beginning, look, it's it's part football, part therapy. Today, you're on the couch. All right. So uh, it's all right. Uh, There will be more games and we'll talk about them. So thanks everybody for listening to the walkout and we'll talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody.